What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. Also, our friends at MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. That's promo code HAM and the number one. And DraftKings. Download the app. Get in our game. Use the promo code HAM. How about SeatGeek? Friends, they're back on board. Promo code HAM. Download the app. SeatGeek. Promo code HAM. Now to the segment. NFL headlines. Uh, you want to, Let's just rattle through games. If we have a thought, we'll rattle off a thought. If we don't, we'll move on from the game. What do you think? Yeah, fire through. Rapid fire it up. Okay, uh, I'm just going to start here. I've got all the scores up. Rams Panthers thirty to twenty seven. Rams got the win. Um, what'd you think? First thought: Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's clearly MVP one of the, candidate. Yeah, I mean, I, said. I, I, I don't know if they're going to win enough games, but I think it's clear he's one of the best players in the league. Like he, he's one of the best players in the league, and that's really saying something. Like he he is an elite player. He can. There's nothing he can't do. He does everything well. Uh, and Todd Gurley splitting carries. Now, we knew that Todd Gurley, the days of Todd Gurley being Todd Gurley are probably over, but you're splitting carries week one. And Jared Goff, I watched some of his post-game press conference. He was kind of trying to poo-poo it, just like, yeah, you guys talk about it more than we do. Again, Jared, and I understand him saying that, I I don't judge anyone in the NFL on their words. They, They mean nothing to me. You know, Kyle Shanahan last year was like, we love Solomon Thomas. Like, Kyle, you play him 20 snaps a game. Todd Gurley, and here's the thing, guy. Here's what's weird, and maybe this is why they know something that we don't. He looked pretty good last night, Todd Gurley. He had, looking at his box score, 14 carries for 97 yards. I'm not a math major, but that's pretty good average per carry. I think it was Mm -hmm. like six yards a carry. So he's pretty functional still, but maybe they just have to limit his touches to keep him at a pretty high level. I, I, I also watching the Rams, like, I think they're solid. Uh, they're going to be good. I mean, they're a 10, 11 win team, but I don't think they're quite as potent maybe as they've been. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton guy was atrocious in the second half. McCaffrey had, I mean, he almost had 250 all-purpose yards. I mean, he was he was dominant. 
He had, what, 29 touches? 29 touches, yeah. 80 yards catching and 128 on the ground. He's a fucking baller. Uh, okay, here's a, uh, here's a trivia question for you. Okay? So while Kyle Shanahan was on the sideline yelling at, at Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy threw for 166 yards. Okay? Okay. How many more yards did Garoppolo have passing than Kirk Cousins? Wow. Uh, you're saying that Kirk Cousins did not have 166 yards? That's what I'm saying. Kirk Cousins had the fewest passing yards in the NFL this week. I'm not counting what happened in Jacksonville. I don't know what yeah, Foles so, had. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'd say Cousins had 128. Um, so Cousins had 98 yards passing. Are you serious? On 8 of 10. <laughs> so it was 80%. So 68 would have been the winning number. 68 fewer passing yards for Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they got the win. Matt Ryan threw a couple picks. Well, I mean, nine, you knew eight of ten, John. Eight of ten. So that's not one of the. You're not even making fun of them. Like they didn't even. They're like, fuck. We don't even need to pass. They. they well, I'm kind of making fun, but yeah, they didn't need to pass. But he only had ten attempts. So what? Are, what are you going to do? You yeah, know? I mean, the Falcons were getting shut out until they until the fourth quarter. They were up twenty eight nothing heading into the fourth. How how did Matty I how did they not score for three quarters? How's that possible when you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Sanu, Austin Hooper, like Devontae Freeman? How's this possible? As someone texted me in the NFL yesterday, is did Matty Ice just melt? Because I thought the big winner of this game, though, just seeing some of the highlights, was Dalvin Cook looks unreal. I mean, he had 111 yards, two touchdowns, but he's just awesome. So I, I think that. That's a pretty solid win for the Vikings. Like, we just kicked yep. their ass. We don't even – you probably – that's one of those in the second quarter. Like, you tell your your offensive coordinator, just like, don't show anything else. Just fucking run the same play over and over. They're fucked. It's one of those games, I feel like, if you're the if you're the Falcons. Like, you just scrap everything. You're like, don't show anything to anybody. Because I'm pretty sure that – I mean, that's pretty interesting game this uh, – Sunday morning at Packers, Minnesota at Green Bay. Like, yeah, it is. There's going to be one of those two teams going to be feeling pretty good, right? Be two and zero. I would probably lean Minnesota's the better team, but you know, Green Bay a long rest. That's an interesting game. Uh, Eagles. Everyone's making fun of the Eagles at halftime. Well, they did fight one of the members of the Sixers in the pregame parking lot. Mike wearing, Scott? Yeah, for wearing a Redskins jersey. <laughs> the Eagles at one point in time were also down, I think, 17 to nothing. It might have been 17 to 7, but they, they were getting their ass kicked. Halftime score was 20 to 7. It was 20 to 7, yeah. So it, it was 17 to 7. Carson threw a late touchdown, and then they kicked the field goal to make it 20 to 7. I thought in the second half, Carson Wentz like flipped a switch and looked like an MVP. Because his ultimate numbers were, you know, I mean, fuck, probably threw 75%, three, 313 yards, three touchdowns. But he just took over. And I, I think him and Doug are just, they're a pretty special combination. Like, you left with the Eagles fan, you're like, play a shitty half, it happens. We saw our high end and our high end. Because they scored late in the second quarter. So they had basically two, two a half worth of 32 points. Like, they can score fast. Which is good. Like the Niners, if they were down twenty to seven at halftime, if I told you they were down twenty to seven at halftime to a team, what would you say? Loss, right? I'd say, what am I doing in the second half? <laughs> yeah, nap time. Hashtag nap time. One hundred percent. Like are the Eagles, their high ends high. How about uh, once upon a time in Gangland when Chip Kelly sent Deshaun Jackson packing? 
he had a pretty strong comeback first game as an Eagle since 2019. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. And just yeah. looks sweet, guy. <laughs> Bird gang. Him yeah. and Howie Roseman in the same gang. Would you say that uh, Chip Kelly, like it, the, the spectrum of the Howie versus Chip just keeps getting wider, the gap? Yes. Winners and losers? Yes. All right, you pick a game. I've, I've, I've been picking games. You pick something. Uh, I watched a little bit of this on the red zone. So I don't have like a total overall takeaway, though I did see his final drive. Jets-Bills was, for the most part, a pretty shitty game. The Jets were kind of kicking their ass, but when I say kicking their ass, it was like 9 to nothing for a minute. I mean, it was just a bad, but one of those bad, good games. Josh Allen gets the ball late, basically leads them on a game-winning drive. They have 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat the Jets in New Jersey, 17-16. to Now, Josh Allen... Like, Darnold does some plays where you're just like, this guy's awesome. Their team's not that good. It's clear Sam Darnold's going to be really talented once they get him more help. Josh Allen is still really inaccurate. He was 24-37, but just some balls were flying all over the place. But he made just some plays when he had to. The Bills are tough, man. They're just Their defense is good. They're just, could they, you know, obviously with this win, the NFC, the AFC East, Miami's going to, might go winless. The Jets probably be six or seven wins. I, I do think the Bills could just stay alive in just this wild card hunt. They, they might not be able to get to nine wins, but I, I'm going to go a strong overreaction Monday prediction that like come mid-November, like headed toward Thanksgiving, the Bills are very much alive. But you feel like God, they're like eight and seven, but you just can't discount them. You know, they're just they're hovering. They're going to lose some games where you're just like, ugh, and they're going to win some games where. It wouldn't totally shock me if they upset the Patriots or something one week. People are like, damn, the Bills. Well, the Pats get one a year where in their division. You're like, what the hell just happened? Well, it's safe to say that's not going to be gonna Miami. And it's not going to be Miami. No, it's not going to be Miami. <laughs> How about the report that like a bunch of Dolphins have been requesting trades? It's like, guys, you were the ones on the field. So it's everybody else? Like, I have news for you. You are everybody else. The yes. guy, you, all you guys that want trades, you're the everybody else. What guy? Just, everybody else okay. is getting wants a trade because of you. Let's go. Let's go to that game. I'm just looking at the box score. Like Devontae Parker's asking for a trade. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake's asking for a trade. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course not. Like Gillis Glee, this tight end they just drafted from Penn State, he ain't asking for a trade. Who on their team guy is asking for a trade? Eric Rowe. Like your team sucks, and their best player, that Xavier Howard, the corner they have. I guess came out and said, like, it wasn't me. I'm not requesting a trade. <laughs> so, or he tweeted something, or maybe, it, like, news broke that it's not him. So, it's like, if it's not him, then who gives a shit? I, no one cares about any of you guys. Now, I've been not an anti-Lamar guy. He's just not my type quarterback. You go 17 for 20 guy in an NFL game, throw over 300 yards and five touchdowns, you get you get a hat tip of respect. He becomes your type of quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an impressive performance. I do think it's fair to preface it by saying, before we make just concrete judgments of just, this team's good, this team's bad, this team's a playoff team, I got to watch them play a couple games against non-the Dolphins. Because is it safe to say... The Dolphins are going to be really bad. Like, I got news for you, guy. He's Lamar's probably going to have another good week. They play the Cardinals this week at home. I like Lamar in that situation. Then they go on a stretch where I think this will be an interesting stretch to judge Lamar. At Chiefs, first the Browns, at the Steelers. So I think basically by October 6th, which is my 35th birthday, we'll have an idea 
of where Lamar J- Jackson stands because there's no disputing that just after the one game, you'd go, this has a chance. And I think that's very fair to say. Because you could overreact and be like, this guy's a superstar. I- I'm just going to hesitate to do that. I do think he's really talented, and maybe they just... I don't know. I, I also think part of a guy is the first game of the year, you game plan all year long for these plays. You play just the worst team. I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of him at all because he deserved like the respect. Like, it's, this is the NFL. So, like you said... Those players requesting a trade, like, guys, you were fucking on the field. So, yeah, they call quarters coverage. If you just stop running, that's on, that's your fault. You know, it's like you can – it's the coaches. Yeah, they're tanking. How, how does that impact you? So, you're, you're tanking too? You're the player. You know, you guys just quit. Like, you, yeah, you guys might not be good enough players, but the other team that's going to trade for you be like, this guy just quit on the field. Yeah. But I, I would have guessed the last team in the league uh- – that would have scored basically 60 points week one would have been the Ravens. I, look, so now is probably not the time to say this, but this one did bug me a little. It's like, uh, uh, Bill Polian, who is he? Like, people have been wrong about players before. He's the one that wanted, you know, he wasn't the only one that thought Lamar Jackson should be a receiver, right? Do you think Bill Polian, like, picks up their phone in the Hall of Fame jacket or no? Well, that's the thing that it's like, okay, well, so let's, you're going to rescind his Hall of Fame induction or what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what are, like, we talking about are, are we trying to act like, like, yeah, Phil Jackson got a little weird with Carmelo. Does that mean Phil Jackson's a village idiot? Like, check his resume. Like, yeah, he's he's right. That one, I hate that one. That's like, well, that that was heavy yesterday on progressive Twitter. Yeah, I, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I think it, isn't it fair to say that Lamar Jackson, if you were anti Lamar Jackson, he's probably going to be better than you than you thought yep, he was going to be. Definitely, I would be in that camp. But so would I. but is he going to be this? That, to me, is kind of a question mark. Is that fair? Yeah, but, I mean, you can be less than this and still be really good. Well, do you... Are they a playoff team? Well, if he's less than that but still really good. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think we leave this weekend, you can go, Miami sucks, but, God, the Ravens might be a playoff team. Uh, Seahawks, Bengals, anything we need to... I do think the John Ross story is really cool because it is. he was they talked about for a brief second moving him back to corner when he was on the Bengals guy. Yeah, didn't he early. play it cor- happened pretty quick. Didn't too. he play corner for a minute with the for the uh Washington, like when he was young? Did he? I don't remember that, but maybe I- someone tweeted at me, I think early early in his career, maybe it was freshman, because he okay. was just fast and little. They were just experimenting. And then he once he kind of took off on offense, it was never a question. But I think last year, once it went so shitty, like he, he didn't just have a good game, guy. He I mean, he had, I don't know if you saw the highlights, he had a couple I of did. unreal catches. The one high point over the DB at, and at Seattle. So for him, that's a, that's a pretty Huge unreal game. moment for him, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles, man. Like I told you, what the Jags were a team I was looking forward to watching in part because of him. Now, Minshew put up some numbers too. I, I actually, I'll still probably watch him because just because Minshew, that whole thing is like air raid quarterback. Dude should have been making cut-ups for Saban on New Mexico State this week. Instead, he's playing in a game. Uh, starting, but starting in an NFL game. Now, yeah. now he'll be starting in an NFL game, yeah. But I just feel so bad for Foles, man. I like he's, I love his story. I'm just a fan. I'm rooting for him, and I feel terrible for him. Guy, The guy's got weird luck because he's had some unreal highs. I mean, he's had the best high of all time, right? He had a 
he won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. Like that's that's, Cinderella. That's yeah. it's it's really in sports. Does it get any more fairy tale than that? Like really, you know, being a backup quarterback come in and win the Super Bowl. It's only happened a handful of times. Uh, and then to go to this team, which it looked like the Jags were not going to be bad. He had just thrown a beautiful touchdown pass and then break the collarbone. Full. Uh, if you just look at Minshew's number, he didn't go twenty-two or twenty-five. So it's like, well, he, dude, didn't he set a record for like most completions consecutively in a debut? I wouldn't be shocked. Like this yeah, guy, I think he did. They might be decent. Their defense is a bigger issue. I thought my bigger takeaway was Mahomes had three hundred yards passing in the first half. Now, context, PFF, a lot of it was run after the catch. Like Sammy. Uh, if you pro- pulled up in YouTube Sammy's Clemson highlights, it had some shades of that yesterday. Mm. And last time I talked to Coach Reed, he loved Sammy Watkins because, and they were talking about on the broadcast, like as a human, they love him as a guy. Like he's the opposite of Antonio Brown, no ego, told him a team guy. Yeah, he's married. He's just he's just a really good guy, and they they're like really rooting for him because I was Kenny Albert. He was calling the Niner game. It was uh, Iron Eagle. Might have been calling. Yeah, it was Eagle and Fouts was just saying like Andy can't. He keeps telling. He kept telling us like I, I can't. I can't root for this guy anymore. Like I'm so excited. Like this is awesome. To, if he can just stay healthy, the sky's the limit. Guy, like again, a little bit like Lamar Jackson. You don't luck into nine catches, two hundred yards, and three touchdowns as a wide receiver, right? Like that's this is the NFL. I mean, that's a fucking elite performance. Three, three touchdowns and two hundred yards receiving, and a lot of it's making guys miss. Like, he dominated. Dominated. And I think Veach and those guys would tell you, yeah, we overpaid a little bit. Now, part of it was because he had a market, but we also loved the upside. We just knew if we could just... Now, a lot of times, the guy that... If we can just keep this guy healthy, those are the type of players that, you know, more times than not, they don't stay healthy. But, man, this... If he's just good... I mean, he did at one point in time go fourth overall in a draft, and it really wasn't that weird, Right? It wasn't like, God, he would have gone in the third round. Like, he was going in the top ten. I feel like receiver high draft picks get weird faster than any other position. Well, once they're in the league. But when they get drafted high, it's not that weird, right? Uh, Minshew, 13 straight completions to begin his career, the longest streak from any player to begin their career who debuted over the last 40 years. I actually think he's, like, I'm actually kind of confident that he'll just be okay. Because he's used to throwing the ball a lot. He's just yeah, and he's patient. He's used to holding on to the ball a lot. Like he's I don't think he's a like jittery, like can't handle having the ball in his hands, looking around, taking his time, content to not make mistakes. Like one of his big things at Washington State was I'm just not gonna make I'm not, I'm not gonna hurt us with mistakes. So if he can avoid interceptions, that's kinda how he's built, like how he thinks. He did through makes nice deep. No, he, he did. If you if you had to guess right now, what does it take to get the one seed in the AFC? The one seed? The one seed. Like, how many wins are you going to need? 15? I mean... <laughs> Between these two teams? Wouldn't you say you would probably give the, the nudge to the Patriots just because their division's a lot easier? Like, Yeah, how many do they need, or how many do you need if you're another... If you're another team, I think you're going to need, like, 15 wins because I think the Patriots going to win 13 games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it safe to say that it, it feels like 14, the one seed is going to be the Chiefs or the Patriots? How many wins does it get to get the one seed? John, how many wins does it take for the three seed? Because you're not getting the two, or I mean, I mean the two seed. How many wins does it take for the two? Uh, yeah, I mean, if right. you're so, my point is, if you're someone other, how many wins does it take for somebody else to get the two seed over either the Chiefs or the Patriots? Well, I think that's like that, minimum that, thirteen that, that wins. Is, that's probably the better one. Well, so you go, 
the pa- is one of those is one of those teams going to win eleven games? The Chiefs fewer or the than twelve. Yeah, like is one of them going to win fewer than twelve? No. So that means somebody else has to win thirteen games to be a two seed. Like it's just like everyone in the AFC is fighting for the three seed outside of the. But Chiefs wouldn't you the agree that like if if I told you the Ravens went ten and six and were the three seed, that's believable, right? Like you start looking at the AFC, you're like God, it might not be as good. Like the Chargers, you know, right, 10, 11, right. 9, somewhere in that range. The Colts now, no luck. The Texans, yeah, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be harder for the Colts to get to to get to nine or ten. Uh, the the Ravens are just might have. I mean, who knows? You just got to keep an eye on the Steelers. I'm not gonna overreact to their one game. The Browns, yeah, just those two teams to me are on a different level. And you could say I would say the Chargers as a regular season team. But you know they just they lost their their left tackle as blood clots, Melvin Gordon. It doesn't even matter. But the, the Derwin James, like Derwin James, for them playing the Chiefs is a big deal because he covers Travis Kelsey. Uh, let's see what. Oh, I mean, John, the Browns Titans kicked the Browns' ass. You, you Three were, picks for Baker. Well, you were texting me last night about some comments that you saw. What, what was your takeaway from that game? Oh well, I don't think the the Browns. Post game, you know, people ask Baker, you know, people think he immediately kind of snapped, which I am all for the I don't care what other people think perspective. Like, I'm with that, especially when you're a player. Like, who cares what the narratives are? But it did feel like this team was kind of complicit in helping build the narrative that they were going to be the team that takes the league by storm. So it wasn't like it was happening outside of them and they were just keeping their heads down, nose to the grindstone, minding their own business, narrative be damned. Like, they were feeding into the hype. Then they get their ass kicked. They get asked about the hype, and they kind of snap. Like Baker did the "I don't give a damn what anybody says," and then Jarvis did the "Don't ask me that. Don't ask me about what anybody else is saying." And then somebody said, "Well, how about not playing many snaps in the preseason? Was that a factor in this slow snart?" And he gave him the "Man, don't ask me. Don't ask me that question. You can't ask me that question." And the reporter's like, "Okay, but yeah, I can absolutely. You just got beat forty-three to thirteen. I think most questions are on the table here today. I completely agree." There probably wasn't a team, and I, I saw Dion last night on NFL Network. Like they did win seven games last year, and we did not crown them, but a lot of people were hyping them up. And a big part of it was Baker Mayfield. I, two things jumped out to me. One is Jeff Schwartz texted me like late in the game. They had sixteen. I don't know what their total was, but at one point in time, they had sixteen accepted penalties. Guy, they had their game ended eighteen accepted penalties. Accepted. You have to preface that because clearly they had more that did not get accepted. 18 penalties, 182 yards. I don't know what the NFL record is. Probably a Raider game. That's fucking high. For week one, 18 accepted penalties. That's insane. Th- then the other thing that jumped out to me. Baker Mayfield threw three picks. One of them was a pick six. But picks a little like Jimmy. Where the ball's late. Their timing was off. That was just like, whoa. And, and I'll even add a third thing. My takeaway, just watching the Browns, their their coach is an offensive guy. How tough are they? Like, is Odell Beckham a tough guy? Even Najoku, their tight end, which I think he had a touchdown. Uh, he did. He, he's he's a receiver. Jarvis is a slot receiver. They're kind of a soft team. Well, when you say think the Titans, and I give this guy credit because clearly when he just started rocking the mustache, probably in training camp, it was like a joke. I, I would guess. Someone's just like, oh, fucking variable, you should shave a mustache. And then he does it, and he just kind of keeps it going. Like, he's not, Andy Reid wears a mustache, right? Some people, Bochi wears a mustache. 
Vrabel's not a mustache guy. He's doing it as a joke. But now he can't shave it because they're winning and playing well. So he's just wearing the joke. He's like the ultimate guy's guy bro kind of move. He's like a frat guy type move. So it's funny. But the one when you say Mike Vrabel, you go, that team, he's a tough fucking guy. Because someone texted me yesterday, like, I feel Vrabel's like Jack Del Rio. I'm like, there are some similarities, but I think Vrabel's like a high-level Del Rio. Because I, I look at who associates with Vrabel. Like, Urban hired him when he got his coaching start. Belichick calls him the smartest player he's ever had. Uh, th- there was a story about Vrabel I saw that came out a couple weeks ago on The Athletic that their linebacker coach at the time used to put on, like, the 20th page of the game plan on, mo- on Monday when they got it or Tuesday. Maybe it was, like, the 30th page. It was way deep in there. Just a blank page that had a sheet. Come to my office at 4 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and get $100. And he said Mike Vrabel never did not show up at 4 o'clock on the dot. You know, so, or maybe he, he would think after the first day, yeah, after he, the first he changed time it the happened. page. Mike never told anybody, but I'm just saying, like, this guy's on a different level. Like, you know, Mike, Mike Vrabel's a good coach guy. I, I think that's, that's a great lesson, John. Yeah, just always read. When I you, had a I had a teacher in third grade, and one time I I will remember this exercise for the rest of my life. Miss Marks at the time, now Mrs. Heck. There was a hundred instructions on the board, and the first it was whoever finished first gets the Snickers bar on the board. Jumbo size. And the first instruction you just had to do, maybe it was 50 things. It was a lot of things. You got to do everything. Whoever finishes all the things first. Instruction number one, read all the instructions through before you begin. Everybody, all 35 kids ignored that instruction. If you had read all the way through, instruction like 50 was just, you don't have to do any of the things in front of this. Just Walk up come up to me and say you're done. Yeah. Well, of course, nobody did that. But it wasn't 100 bucks. But it was 100 bucks to kids. Um, it, I mean, Vrabel's out here to save the Belichick coaching tree, John. Well, do, do you agree that, like, Belichick's, I mean, it's pretty clear, like, Vrabel knows what he's doing. Last year, yeah. they almost made the playoffs with backup quarterbacks. This year, in an opening game, on the road, they didn't just win. I mean, they kicked the shit out of them. 43-13. to 13. What's the equivalent in college on 43-13? to 13? Like, 70-7? to 7? Like, that is a ass-whooping. Yeah. Forty, because think about this: the highest scoring average on most NFL years is like twenty-seven points, twenty-eight points, forty-three points is a beatdown. Did, did you know that game was twelve to six at halftime? Uh, I well, yeah, it was it was close once Baker started because it snowballed fast. The the Titans got a big, I think they got a big Derrick Henry run, and yep, then like the did. next series, Baker throws a pick and he it snowballed. I think it went three straight plays or three straight series where he threw a pick. So it, because you look at the box, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't your typical, like, they kind of came out and just blew them out. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs had like 28 points ahead. Like it was just, they were scoring at will. This was not that, but they're tougher, smarter, sharper, more physical. They just broke them. And that would be my concern. Like the Titans are probably a fringe playoff team, right? Or one of those teams, like a better version of the Bills, that come Thanksgiving will be like, ah, oh, the Titans can make the playoffs. Where the Browns... I mean, is there a chance the Browns are just a disaster? Do you remember Del Rio's first year? The Browns are a higher level of this, but there was some like early cut. Could the Raiders make the playoffs? Could the Raiders be a playoff team? And then that first game against the Bengals, a playoff team, a similar score. I think it was like 48 to 14 because Derek came out and McGloin made a score, a couple late, late touchdowns that were just completely garbage time touchdowns. But it was like, whoa. It, uh, there are some parallels to that to this. Now, this Browns team is more talented than that Raiders team on paper, 
But the the and then Derek kind of battled back and had a solid season. But you throw three picks after everyone's kind of anointed you in this top tier as being an elite wide uh, quarterback. And I kept saying this all off season. I do think the hype on Baker was not matching. Just it's not normal. Now I get we hype things up faster probably than we ever have. But I even I just felt like him was probably accelerated and unfair for him. Now did he play a part in it? Surely. But in his offensive line, he was sacked five times. He had an offensive. His left tackle got kicked out for kicking a guy in the face. I don't know if you saw the highlight. It wasn't. I did. He was on the ground. Like it wasn't that crazy. I mean, it was stupid. But I. Yeah, you didn't punt him. Yeah, right. well, you just you read the headline. You're like, hey, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like Nadamakin Su stepping on a guy's face. He was on the ground, right. just kind of kicking his legs. But three um, picks is three picks, and I, I thought that the two, especially the two last ones, had a Jimmy feel. Like they're just late. He's it just ugly. Earlier before the pod, you asked me what was Kyler Murray's box score, and I said I'll wait until we start to tell you. So here it was: twenty-nine of fifty-four which was the number I wanted you to hear, 54 attempts, for 308, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Alyssa drafted Kyler Murray in her fantasy draft, and I told her she was crazy. And in the first half, I was looking pretty right. By the end, not so right. How many touchdowns did he throw? Two. He run for any? Including the one that tied the game with like 40 seconds left. Well, I guess they had to go for two because then he threw the two-point conversion too. What do you get for? But I was watching some of those highlights. Like God, Larry Fitzgerald, the poor guy, and then he ends up scoring the touchdown that gets him to overtime. I was on multiple text chains. I, I tweeted this out that the amount of <laughs> that was shit a good that, tweet. the amount of shit that was being talked about Kyler being one of the most overhyped number one picks in the history of the league, and how people comparing him to Russell Wilson is is just malpractice, and it was just crazy. And then all of a sudden, I, I stopped paying attention because the Niner game ends. I'm like, I'm gonna go to the gym, and. I just assumed that game, it was like 24-6. But again, it was 24-6 the last time you were paying attention. It was 24-6 when he had 50 yards passing. Like, ah, oh, they're getting killed. Kingsbury's getting blasted on Twitter. And then I see on Twitter right when I get to the gym, like, oh, my God. Patricia is going to blow this game, isn't he? And then so I get there, flip it on, and it was tied. When I flipped it on, it was an overtime. That's It was 24-6 in the second half, and then they went to overtime, and they ended up tying. What are your feelings People on Twitter were kind of blasting Kingsbury late in the overtime okay. on his own side of the field. So, like, he's, you know, 70 yards to go, like third and long, and he doesn't get it. And then on fourth down, he punts. But there's, like, two minutes left where he's clearly going to punt, play defense, best case scenario. He's, gonna, he's, like, playing to tie. Yeah. Are you okay with playing to tie in that situation? Or you what, gotta, was the what was you know, the to-go? You know, it was, like, go fourth with? and eight or something. But he's yeah. at like his own 30-yard line. Playing not to lose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hate it, but I I understand it. It's week one. You know? So, like, you can justify, like, we can't just give away a loss when we don't have to. Yeah. If it's, like, week 12 and you're one win, like, what are you doing here? You know? I. It didn't bother me. But, yeah, I, I, I say this all the time. Kyler's the least of my worries. Like, he, he has – he's accurate – he definitely can run. Now, he's a, he's tiny. I mean, he looks really small. But he's definitely really talented. My question is, there were a couple highlights in the first half. Like, check out Vance Joseph's defense. Two of their touchdowns were just wide open, blown coverages, total joke. And you just, are they going to be able to... Leach is the air raid, right? That's what they call the offense, the air raid offense. Mm-hmm. 
Cliff Kingsbury ran the same thing at Texas Tech, right? The air raid offense. And that's that's what Graham Harrell There's now, different – like, yeah. you know, USC runs it. They want – Graham Harrell wants to run the ball more. I think Cliff probably does too than Leach, but yeah. But 55 – now, they were down. When you're down 24-6, feels like probably insurmountable at the time when your offense is so shitty. So that – is he really going to throw 55-plus attempts or 54-plus attempts every week? Probably not, but – He's probably, from a fantasy standpoint, he's going to get his attempts, right? They're not going to be many Cousins days for him. One, his team's not going to be good enough to ever do that. But wouldn't you say, if you had to guess right now, if I said over-under, if he starts all 16 games, stays healthy, does he average 39.5? Are you taking the over-under passes a game? Yes, probably over. 54 would be on the high end, but I don't think there's going to be many 28s, right? That's just because that again. I'm just talking about the offense. That's not really their offense, right? Because you your, your runs are sometimes are. I mean, your passes sometimes are runs. Because I think if we went back and looked at the Texas Tech days, unlike Graham Harrell, like what his philosophy is at at USC now, they want to run the ball a little bit more. Where he, Kingsbury was more true to it, like Leach, where it's like we're gonna we're gonna fucking throw because they were always throwing attack. Their running backs were just kind of like a contingency plan if they needed a little help <laughs> they don't need them because Leach doesn't rely on his running backs right when they're hot he'll ride them but he, he relies on them to catch passes yeah. yeah well how many like well, look David Johnson had six catches yesterday so they're gonna they're gonna throw that's the ball low. to the running back that's low for an air raid running back it is but only because they I don't know if you noticed but Kingsbury and Steve Kimes they drafted like 17 receivers in the 2019 draft alone so they just got a lot of receivers. While you're talking, I'm going back trying to find Russell Wilson's first 50 attempt game, and I'm. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it, it. John, I'm at 2017. I haven't found one yet. Now he had a 49. Has he ever had a 50 attempt game? I I, I do think you'll get him killed if you do that. I don't think he had uh, 20. Did he? Unless he had 50 attempts this week. I don't think he's ever had a 50 attempt game. I, I, now he did throw for three, his first 300 yard game was in the playoffs his rookie year. He didn't throw for 300 yards until the sec until the playoffs Falcons. against the Falcons. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's ever had a 50 attempt game. That was just a quick quick search. He had a 49. I don't think he's had a 50 attempt game. I just threw all the game logs. I, I vividly remember reading an article the next year, one of those classic coming into the season articles where a lot of people were picking Seattle, you know, to make a run. I think that next year they won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> and uh, the, the article was based on the premise of after that game, Russell, like most of the team, went to the locker room. Russell stood in like the hallway of the entrance to head toward the locker room where he could still see the field and watch the Falcons celebrate. He's like, I, I want to taste this. I want to feel this. And like Pete walked by and Pete stopped. And he's like, we're never going to let this happen to us again, Pete. And that was like the whole article, like how the whole offseason had been driven by that moment of those two guys we refuse to let this happen to us again. And, it, you know, a lot of times that exact article, like that team, like, sucks or whatever. You know, it's like it just gets forgotten. In the, but I've never forgotten that, and they, their career changed. Now, the difference is, like, I just – this team stinks. And the one – I would say the one thing that you're able to throw with Kyler a lot, Russell's a magician, right, behind the line of scrimmage, but he's not super explosive fast. He just has these, like, incredible subtle moves – well, he just does the 360 right when you're about to yeah. touch him. Kyler's like a little fucking uh, Sonic the Hedgehog flying around back there. He's Wouldn't you say he's much more explosive behind the line of scrimmage just taking off? 
because he's just so fat. He's just much quicker than Russell. It's weird to say because Russell doesn't. Russell avoids a lot of shit too, but Kyler will just like run seven yards where the guy's right there, and then he's seven yards away, and the guy's like, "Jesus, the guy's fast." <laughs> he does flick the football. I do like the way he flicks. The well, football. guy, he, he can. There, there is no disputing his just physical attributes, his speed, his arm strength. The one throw to Larry, not the touchdown, but one in I think to on that final drive where he hits him like way down the sideline. It was just like, God, that's a badass throw. I'll, I'll give another guy that we talked about him earlier that can flick it is Lamar has a little flick of the wrist where you're like, mm-hmm. damn, that ball. Mm-hmm. You know, for a guy that was going to play wide receiver in Polian's mind, he did have a decent arm strength. I mean, no, he had an above average arm. Anything else? Pats look great. Uh, Eli shouldn't run. Giants, man. They, I, you know, I'm, would you say Kellen Moore being a sweet coach is not shocking? I would agree. I would say it's not shocking. Yes. When you just know the way the boys you guys talked about him, when you know his family history, who's a lifetime coach, when you know how Chris Peterson, the way they just thought about, it. then even as a player, like he's the ultimate. He he felt like Peyton Manning as a player, just this surgeon. Um, I, I I just I couldn't be any more bullish on. I mean, it's, it's pointing to him being a head coach in the NFL. And, like, are the Cowboys going to let him? You know, I'd forgotten this. When I was at Drinks with Lund, he had worked with that in Dallas and he covered the Cowboys and that was on, like, Cowboy Station. And he was telling me, you know, I'm sure one of Jerry's great regrets is him and Bill Parcells were starting to butt heads. You know, right? Remember, like, the mid-2000s? And he was going to fire Bill. But one year, he just let him come back. And that was the same year that Sean Payton, who was his offensive coordinator and was, like, a can't-miss up-and-coming coach. Like, everyone's like, this guy's going to be head coach. This guy's going to be head coach. He was going to fire Bill Parcells for him, but he waited a year, and Sean went to the Saints. Like, that Mm. was going to be his head coach. Mm. And you just wonder, like, now, Jerry doesn't hate Bill Parcells. Or, I mean, hate Jason Garrett. So that's that makes it a little complicated. Like, he likes Jason Garrett. But if the Cowboys, let's say, win 12 or 13 games, and it's clear, like, Kellen takes them to another level. Their passing game just dominates... How is Kellen Moore, the way that's all playing out, not a head coach next year? Unless he denies the opportunity. Yeah, unless he wants to just keep doing what he's doing because he's so young. He feels like he's got time. The last thing I want is to be in some bad situation where I can just keep doing this until... But you agree they win 12 games. Jason Garrett's not old. No, but my point is like they win double-digit games and their offense is way sweeter. How does he not interview? Like People are going to want to interview him. Oh, there's no no question. But but if you win double-digit games... like. Is Bill really firing Jason Garrett after they win double-digit games? Well, no. Is Jerry, sorry, really firing No, Jason? he's not. That, that's that's why I'm saying it gets a little complicated. Yeah. Because it was easy with Parcells. He didn't like Do you just he, pay him like – Do you, do you, are you willing to just pay him like a head coach to keep him around? Remember, he did that before with Jason Garrett. He gave him huge cash to be the offensive coordinator. Couldn't you just pay – they do it with Josh McDaniels. Now, as Jason said, he's like, Jerry used to call me Keelan. So, it's a, it's a step up that he knows my name now. <laughs> It's just that's pretty funny. There's, I'm a big Callum Moore guy. Yep. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.